our reading following the destruction of religious Babylon described in Revelation 17. We now read about the commercial Babylon in chapter 18. That's Revelation chapter 18, start at the first verse. After this, I saw another angel coming down from heaven. He had great authority, and the earth was illuminated by his splendor. With a mighty voice he shouted, Fallen, fallen is Babylon, the great. She has become a home for demons and a haunt for every evil spirit, a haunt for every unclean and detestable bird. For all the nations have drunk the maddening wine of her adulteries. The king of the earth committed adultery with her, and the merchants of the earth grew rich from her excessive luxuries. Then I heard another voice from heaven say, Come out of her, my people, so that you will not share in her sins, so that you will not receive any of her plagues. For her sins are piled up to heaven, and God has remembered her crimes. Give back to her as she has given. Pay her back double for what she has done. Mix her a double portion from her own cup. Give her as much torture and grief as the glory and luxury she gave herself. In her heart she boasts, I sit as queen. I am not a widow and I will never mourn. Therefore, in one day, her plagues will overtake her, death, mourning and famine. She will be consumed by fire, for mighty is the Lord God who judges her. When the kings of the earth, who committed adultery with her and shared her luxury, see the smoke of her burning, they will weep and mourn over her. Terrified at her torment, They will stand far off and cry, Woe, woe, O great city, O Babylon, city of power. In one hour your doom has come. The merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her because no one buys their cargoes anymore. Cargoes of gold, silver, precious stones and pearls, fine linen, purple, silk and scarlet cloth, Every sort of citron wood and articles of every kind made of ivory, costly wood, bronze, iron and marble. Cargoes of cinnamon and spice, of incense, myrrh and frankincense, of wine and olive oil, of fine flour and wheat, cattle and sheep, horses and carriages, and bodies and souls of men. They will say, The fruit you longed for is gone from you. All your riches and splendour have vanished, never to be recovered. The merchants who sold these things and gained their wealth from her will stand far off, terrified at her torment. They will weep and mourn and cry out, Woe, woe, O great city, dressed in fine linen, purple and scarlet, and glittering with gold, precious stones and pearls. In one hour, such great wealth has been brought to ruin. Every sea captain and all who travel by ship, the sailors and all who earn their living from the sea will stand far off. When they see the smoke of her burning, they will exclaim, Was there ever a 
city like this great city. They will throw dust on their heads and with weeping and mourning cry out, Woe, woe, O great city, where all the all had ships on the sea, became rich through her wealth. In one hour she has been brought to ruin. Rejoice over her, O heaven. Rejoice, saints and apostles and prophets. God has judged her for the way she treated you. Then a mighty angel picked up a boulder the size of a large millstone and threw it into the sea and said, With such violence, the great city of Babylon will be thrown down, never to be found again. The music of harpists and musicians, flute players and trumpeters will never be heard in you again. No workman of any trade will ever be found in you again. The sound of a millstone will never be heard in you again. The light of a lamp will never shine in you again. The voice of bridegroom and bride will never be heard in you again. Your merchants were the world's great men. By your magic spell, all the nations were led astray. In her was found the blood of prophets and the saints, and of all who have been killed on the earth. The city of Babylon has fallen, it's been conquered, destroyed, set ablaze. It's a cipher for Rome, and Revelation records people's reactions to the news of its destruction. The kings of the earth, those who are allies of the city, whose power, wealth and luxurious lifestyle dependent or depended on their allegiance with Rome, are appalled. Those who depended on Roman commerce for a living are dismayed. The merchants of the earth, the international traders, those responsible for shipping and supply all lament the city's demise. Why? Because it means the end of good times for them. Its destruction brings to an end their wealth which is brought about by trading in gold, silver, precious stones, pearls, fine linen, ivory, the most expensive wood, bronze, iron, marble, cinnamon, spice, incense, myrrh, frankincense, wine, oil, flour, wheat, cattle, sheep, horses, carriages, slaves, women and children bought and sold for the sex trade. All of it going in and out of Rome. All of it the means of these people making profits. All of it ended now. The destruction of the city brings to an end the obscenity of the excesses of Roman luxury. The roses from Egypt for a single one of Nero's banquets cost the equivalent of £70,000 of our money. Just the roses. Vitellius ruled Rome for less than a year, but he spent some £12 million on food in those months. People covered their ceilings with gold. They made their bars out of silver. They dissolved pearls in vinegar and drank them purely for the enjoyment of drinking such a phenomenal amount of money at a single draught. They would stuff their cushions with scarlet, though no one would ever see the expensive stuffing of the cushions. 
One writer said that so much was imported to Rome, he imagined there was nothing left for the people in the countries which produced these materials. With the fall of Rome, the world's economic power base is gone, while those who lie in their pockets are dismayed. But there are those who rejoice that a city which has been such a moral blight on the surface of the earth has been removed. Those who are the victims of her cruelty are encouraged to to celebrate because she's been treated in the way she treated them. In a single hour, she's been brought to ruin. And what she dished out so freely to others in terms of death and famine and plague, that has been revisited upon her head. So reaction to this city's destruction is polarised, depending on whether people have profited from the city or whether they've suffered at this city's hands. For both groups, the destruction of the city carries huge symbolic and emotional significance. And when cities are attacked or conquered or bombed or destroyed, it's often not because of the strategic significance that they carry, but because of the symbolic importance that they bear in terms of the identity of the nations at war. But where in all these reactions to the destruction of Rome do we find any concern for its inhabitants? Those who in a single day are laid waste by death and mourning and starvation. Never again will music be played in the city. What's happened to those musicians? Never again will people grind grain or do a day's work. What's happened to them? No one will ever get married there again. The devastation is so complete that the city is completely abandoned and left as a haunt of evil spirits and every kind of unclean and detestable bird. That was the fate of Babylon, if not actually of Rome in history. But the population are all either killed or made homeless. But no one seems to care about them. The only thing that matters is what the city represents. And that's always the case in war. People fight over cities because they are of strategic, military or symbolic importance. And those who do not flee their homes suffer the consequences, killed or injured in the bombing and shelling, in danger of starvation or dying from thirst. The injured don't have access to medical facilities. If the city falls, the women will be raped. Men will be either killed or enslaved. Children certainly enslaved. Yet Revelation makes no mention of the human cost of Babylon's destruction. And that is symptomatic of the way in which war has the effect of dehumanising people, collateral damage. In war, the unthinkable becomes reality. When When Hiroshima was bombed when the, boy, when the bombed little boy was dropped on the city. 80,000 people instantly were killed. And a further 86,000 died in the following months. 70% of the city was destroyed. Or what about Coventry or Dresden? Cities also virtually destroyed in a single night's bombing. I remember talking to a retired British soldier 
who said he was in a German POW camp in East Germany in 1945. We heard the bombers going over to Dresden, he said. And we cheered them on. And you can understand why. But 3,300 tons of bombs were dropped in a single night on Dresden, on a city that was choked with refugees. Temperatures reached 1,800 degrees Celsius in the ensuing firestorm. Eight square miles of the city were flattened. Nobody knows how many people died. Estimates vary to between 35,000 and 135,000. So today we remember not just those who lose their lives in war as combatants, but also the innocent people living in the wrong place at the wrong time, whose lives, families and homes are destroyed as first one army then another occupies their city. This morning we think especially of civilians in Aleppo and Mosul. Revelation calls an instruction to the people of Babylon to come out of her so that you can be safe. But people in those cities are not free to leave. And their homes are being fought over as we sit here in safety this morning. We tend to protect our emotions by suppressing thoughts of what people are suffering. Because it can be too awful to contemplate. But today, on Remembrance Sunday, as we look back on past conflicts and remember those who gave their lives in the line of duty, we also take the time to remember and pray for those civilians whose daily priority is simply to stay alive in the town or city they call home. And we remember that each of those people is completely unknown to us. But each of them is known to God in whose image they are made. And they are people for whom Christ died. So we remember them and we pray for them. On the screen in a moment there will be some images of cities that have been or are being devastated by conflict. Each image will be on the screen for about 20 seconds. Use that time to pray for the inhabitants of these cities. And then Keith will come and lead us in our prayers of intercession. <clears throat> 